How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Back to Chris. This is the other side of the glass. Yeah! <laughs> On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Halfway home with you here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is the other side of the glass with Chris Thomas. Taking you up until 8 o'clock. Atlanta United pregame comes your way then. Mike Conti and Jason Longshore will, of course, have the call from Dallas. It is a big one, like I mentioned, to close out the hour. I really think this match is going to determine a lot about how Atlanta United finishes the season. Two great games, and then they kind of stumbled and fell back down to earth a little bit in their last match on Wednesday, so we'll see what they get up to tonight. But plenty of college football and NFL football to keep us company until then. We haven't even really gotten into the Braves yet, who have been rolling the Dodgers in the first two games of their series. We're going to hang out with our buddy Michael Duarte from NBC LA coming up next hour to break down that series and a whole lot more going on in the world of baseball. The producer shift change has been completed. Eric slides out. Dom C slides in. Dom, did you witness that amazing game this afternoon between Colorado and TCU? Yes, I did. Loved every second of it. Oh, it was so good. And we had we had our buddy Joe DeLeon on earlier in the show, and I was, you know, I was kind of feeling a little hot takey, and I asked him, I said, what do you think about Shadur Sanders in the NFL? And he said, hmm... He has a lot of raw talent, but he's not exactly sure that he's going to be in line to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I don't know. I really liked what I saw. He, was, yeah. he wasn't just an athlete out there playing quarterback. He was making reads. He was making good decisions with the ball. He's obviously got a rocket for an arm. He's kind of got everything you want in an NFL quarterback. He's, I think he's 6'2". He's not, he's not Johnny Manziel yeah. or Baker Mayfield size. So, I don't know. I kind of disagree with our buddy Joe there a little bit. I think we could be looking at this kid potentially on Sundays. I do, too. I think, uh, I think a part of that is because before playing in Colorado, obviously now everyone – watched uh today but before he was playing at jackson state he's playing at hbcu not a lot of people unfortunately watch hbcu sports um you should <laughs> uh it's a well, great product. tomorrow on our airwaves we got morehouse playing exactly how about so, that absolutely so like i said uh go out there and enjoy that stuff but uh i i like the kid a lot travis hunter is he incredible was now here's the thing with <laughs> travis hunter you're not playing him 110 snaps a game. That's no. not gonna. That <laughs> no, is not no. gonna be a recipe for success. I know they want him to because he's their best corner and their best wide receiver. So it's gonna be tough to take him off the field. But you're asking for trouble if you play him the way you played him today. I think that was. I think that was Coach Prime trying to make a statement. He's like, "Hey, look, we need you out there so that way we can get this season off on the right foot." Yeah, he said uh, jokingly in the post game that. 
he was going to get him a hot tub on the plane to make sure that he's ready to go for all their matches. All right, we got plenty more to get into, including some NFL talk. Let's waste no more time and get to a sound check. Chris reacts to the best sounds from the best athletes and coaches in the A. And beyond. You're not listening. It's time for sound check on the other side of the glass. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. All right, so we are one week away from week one of NFL action. We've been talking a ton of Falcons today. We'll chat with our buddy Joe Patrick at the bottom of this hour as well. But there is a ton going on around the National Football League that is outside the perimeter. So let's start in Dallas, where they made the surprise move, in my opinion, of the offseason by trading for Trey Lance and bringing him in to sort of sit and learn behind Dak Prescott, I guess. I mean, I know Cooper Rush is the backup there, and they like him, and he's played well in spots, but I don't really know what this move accomplishes for the Cowboys except for making a lot of drama for Dak and the rest of his team, and Dak, of course, had to answer for it this week. I can't say that I necessarily expected it, no. I understand that that's business. I understand that they're probably on a timeline. They need to get something done, and as I said, he felt like that strengthened this team. To be honest with you, I'm not surprised by anything anymore. Uh, you've been in this league eight years, been on this team. It's hard to say that I was surprised, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I get what Dak's saying there, but uh, if you think he was being honest, raise your hand. No, he obviously is PO'd about it. I would be too. Why are you wasting resources when we're trying to win a Super Bowl and we're clearly not the best team in our own division and everybody counts? And why are you bringing in a guy that's going to just sit there and hold a clipboard? Or is he? I, I mean, Dak's going to want another big raise in his payday. I know he got paid, but there's always more money out there for quarterbacks. And if he leads the league in interception again and wants more money, is are they going to say, Maybe we can fix Trey Lance. I don't I don't know. Yeah. All, all I know is it creates more drama this season. I know Randy has kind of tried to play this off this ever since the news was like, oh, that he's a non factor. It's not I don't know how you can look at it that way. Like they didn't bring Trey Lance in to be a third string quarterback. They can say that all they want. They look at Trey Lance as a possible reclamation project and a chance to get cheaper and younger at that quarterback position. Yeah, that's the problem, is you can't the problem is you can't bring a quarterback to the Dallas Cowboys without it creating an absolute circus. And a quarterback of Trey Lance's draft caliber and a quarterback of his unknown and a quarterback that you could see potentially having a long career in the NFL. This wasn't like when they brought in Andy Dalton to be the backup. Right, you right. knew the pecking order there. In this position, you're not exactly sure what the reasoning is, and that's going to be something that now Dak is going to have to do. If Dak has three bad games in a row, the questions are going to come from the media. They're the most watched. They're the most talked about on social media team in the NFL. They have millions of followers on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, and all eyes are going to be on that quarterback room. That's the problem. How do you feel about Dak's very subtle shot towards the Dallas Cowboys organization at the end there when he said being in this league for eight years and being on this team – Anything can happen. Well, right. And you look what happened with Zeke, and you look what happened with uh, Amari Cooper, and you look what happened with guys that were supposed to be stalwarts for this organization for a decade that have now come and gone, and they're left sort of holding the bag, and Dax had to make magic with a lot of different guys on offense, and the defense has sputtered at times, and there's been times where this team has been 13-3 and good, and there's times where this team has been 500 or worse bad, and it's been a mixed bag for Dax's career as cowboy of – 
or the uh, quarterback of America's team. That comes with a heavy burden, and especially a heavy burden when you bring in a guy that could potentially take your job one day. All right, all eyes have been on this guy this offseason, and that, of course, is Aaron Rodgers leading the Jets to hopefully their first Super Bowl appearance since 1969. Dom, you and I were nowhere near even a glimmer in the <laughs> eyes of our parents. My, I believe my father was six years old in 1969, so it's been a long, long time. And he said during Hard Knocks that, yeah, he's felt some of the pressure, but it's all good. Yeah, I had some butterflies for sure. I think that's that's always normal. First time I strap it on, it's it's kind of the, the standard. Whether I'm in year one, uh, playing San Diego Chargers, or year 19, you know, preseason number four, there's there's always uh, some butterflies when you step out there for the first time. But uh, I loosened up pretty good when I got the ovation when I took the field. That was a special moment. Yeah, he's done everything right since he's taken over as QB one for the Jets. Hard Knocks has been fun to watch. I've actually been pleasantly surprised as somebody who unfortunately grew up rooting for this horrible franchise. Um, it's been refreshing to see. He's definitely come in and been the leader, been the guy from day one. All the players look up to him. Almost, It's almost a little weird how some of the guys revere him a little bit. Honestly, <laughs> like Nicole Hartman and some of the other bit. players on the team have yeah, had a little bit of an awkward moment like, Nah, dude, I'm a player just like you. That's pretty much been his response to all these guys. He's obviously a legend of the game that's still playing, but at the same time, you are playing the game with him right now on the same field. So I have high expectations for the Jets this season. I don't know if I'm going to go as far as to say Super Bowl expectations because the AFC is absolutely loaded. But at the same time, they're definitely one of the four or five best teams in the conference and potentially one of the four or five best teams in all of football. This one is interesting. So you have Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram said a couple of things this week that caught my eye. He's making the rounds on some podcasts and stuff because he replaced Reggie Bush on Fox's noon kickoff show and I actually thought he did a pretty good job today. He's entertaining. He's got a big personality. Uh, we saw that flash when he was with the Ravens and the whole big trust thing with Lamar Jackson, and he, he's a fun guy to watch. and a fun. He was a fun guy when he was playing, too. He was a good player. Um, he talks about the running back room and everything going on in the league with, with the salary situation. Every other position, they get compensated for what they're doing. They get compensated for their production. But when it's time for the running back to get paid, it is atrocious what they're doing to them. They're not appreciating them. They're not valuing them. And come on. Come on, guys. Come on, GMs. Come on, owners. Take care of these guys. The running backs are crucial and vital to your success. And if you don't have a Patrick Mahomes, if you don't have – uh, a Tom Brady, you are going to need one of these backs to help you get to a playoff and to a Super Bowl. I hear him. I mean, I hear him. But at the same time, the market dictates your value. And the market right now says that running backs are not going to get paid at the same clip as they once did. And is it fair? No. But that's just the reality of the situation right now. Eventually, I think it's going to even out because all things do. I mean, if you look at the cycle of the NFL players and what they're worth, you've seen the circle of life go round and round and round again. But there's going to be a lot of guys like Jonathan Taylor this year that are going to get screwed, and they're going to get screwed because they're in this circle right now of running backs that are not getting paid. So they're going to be the martyrs, essentially, for the ones that are going to have to eventually turn the market around, and no one knows how long that's going to take. Is it going to be a year, five a decade or by the time 2030 rolls around, are we going to be talking about running backs being paid like the essential parts of the offense that they are? Uh, I don't know. We'll see how long it takes, but I certainly understand 
Mark Ingram sentiment there as he makes his round now as a member of the dark side. He also said, by the way, on a podcast that if a team is, you know, 13 and three going into the last week of the season and the running back goes down, if they need somebody to call him, which I thought was cute based on what he just said about the running back market. But nonetheless, all right, Jonathan Taylor, we were just talking about him. Colts GM Chris Ballard was talking about not having Taylor and how rough that has been for their franchise. It sucks. It sucks for the Colts. It sucks for Jonathan Taylor. And it sucks for our fans. It, it, it just, it does. And it's, it's where we're at, and we've got to work through it. And we're going to do everything we can to work through it. Relationships are repairable. They're repairable. Not all relationships are repairable, Mr. Ballard. I was just going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I think you're being a little bit optimi- optimistic there. They did put him on IR to start the season as well, so he's going to presumptively miss the first four games of the season. Not good. Um, I know the Dolphins were in on him. I know there were the Vikings may have been in on him, a couple of other teams, but apparently the package that was being asked for for Jonathan Taylor was just so astronomical that – There wasn't a team out there that was willing to bite and willing to flinch to get what is essentially an all-pro caliber running back in the prime of his career. But that goes to Mark Ingram's point. That's just sort of where we are right now. The Jets got Dalvin Cook for nothing. Dalvin Cook's rushed for 1,000 yards four consecutive seasons in a row. He's in his prime as well. He's on the backswing of it. But if he plays up to the potential of the back of his football card, he's going to be a really important piece for the Jets. And they essentially were able to steal him. Uh, let's hear as we wrap this up, Dom, as we're r- wrapping up our uh, NFL sound check here on Sports Radio 929 The Game. Chris Thomas on the other side of the glass with you till 8 p.m. Let's finish up with Sean, McK- Sean McVay talking about Kelly Stafford's comments. Now, if you missed this, this has been interesting. So, Kelly Stafford on her podcast came out and said that Matt Stafford has been struggling to deal with the youth movement on the Rams and that he essentially is having a hard time being the older guy fitting in with the youth. And he doesn't understand that, you know, the players go on their phones as much as they do and they're playing video games and there's not as much camaraderie in the locker room so much so that this post went really viral. And then Sean McVay had to address it. I'm not concerned because I think uh, if you know, Kelly, I, I took that as more of a joke at the old man. And I'll be honest, there's a couple throws that he made during training camp where I wanted to say yes, sir, to him as well. So he's done a great job being able to, I mean, if you've watched and if you've come out to camp, this guy's done a phenomenal job of leading, connecting with his teammates. I I think it's one of those deals that becomes a fun narrative in in a dead period. Yeah, Sean, I get the spin you're trying to put on that, but uh, how about no? How about you are wrong, wrong, wrong? Where there's smoke, there's fire on this one. I think Kelly uh, said the truth, but I think if she could go back and take truth serum, she would not have come out with those comments because it's created a giant headache for Matt Stafford and the entire Rams organization and a team that's not going to be very good this year. All these questions are now going to be surrounding him and his future, and it's probably going to get brought up a couple of times if the Rams get off to a slow start. All right, that'll do it for our NFL sound check for this weekend. When we come back, how about Dom with a little producer six-pack? Why not? My favorite segment and yours if you're new to the program. That's four sports questions of any kind and then two lifestyle questions. And don't forget to go vote on our poll. I'm going to ask Dom about this when we get back. I have a first date coming up on Tuesday. My first one since 
getting my heart broken by the girl that stood me up with a drink in my hand. So there's a poll out at C. Thomas Radio at 92.9 The Game. What should I do on my first date, my first first date, since that terrible, terrible incident? Should I go big and fancy or should I keep it casual? Go vote at C. Thomas Radio or the Solomon Brothers Time and Text Line at 404-726-0929. But when we get back, producer six-pack, don't go anywhere. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, Odyssey app. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast back to chris with more of the other side of the glass with sports radio 92.9 the game dogs are underway their season has begun. About eight minutes left in the first quarter. Nil-nil. Nothing-nothing is your score. I will keep you updated on that as we progress through the evening. Now, Dom, before we get to the six-pack, I got to have you weigh in on this. I had Eric Slaughter weigh in on this. Mm-hmm. I had Allison Mastrangelo from WSB-TV weigh in on this. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to have you weigh in on this. My first date on Tuesday. What do I do? I'm torn, partially because I'm scarred from what happened last time where I got stood up at the altar, Dom. At the altar, Dom, I was stood up. It was so, so traumatic, so harrowing. 
that I took some time away from the dating world. But now I'm back, baby. Back and better than ever. Ready to get hurt again. I'm ready. <laughs> Just like Falcons fans out there. We're ready to get hurt again. Right. So what do I do? Do I go big or go home? Or do I keep it casual? All what right. do I do? All right. So first, first things first, I want to address something. One, you were not left at the altar. You dodged a bullet because everything that you told me about yes. that situation, she was completely off her rocket. That was, so. yes, that is the overwhelming <laughs> sentiment that I received from friends, family, listeners, yeah, yeah. except for her couple of friends that found my Twitter and oh, personally fun. attacked me on Twitter. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, she definitely dodged a bullet there. Um, I actually agree with Allison. Uh, and it's a very, very wise of you to go and seek a female opinion as well. There's a lot uh, of guys thank here. You, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think first date, you ne- you don't want to go too big, too crazy, because then you, then it feels kind of performative. Feels like you're trying to show off. It also puts you in a really bad situation where like, what if you two just don't really hit it off, or like it's just like the chemistry isn't really there, and it's like, okay, well, I spent three hundred dollars on this, and like we still have two hours left. So, you know. Going for drinks is always nice. It's always a good time. Find somewhere, go coffee, something like that. Something small, something quick, something that will be over within an hour. But if you want to extend it, it can. Like See, it that, can last longer. That, that what you just hit on there is the most interesting part for me. Mm-hmm. Because that's something that Allison said too. And that's something that I've never considered before. She said, go casual and keep it short. Yes. She said, keep the date to like an hour, an hour and a half max. Mm-hmm. And then go your separate ways, see how you're both feeling about it, yes. and then see if you want to meet up again and do something a little more formal. Yep. I, honestly, that blew my mind. I never considered that the length of the date matters. I thought just you just kind of go with the flow <laughs> and whatever happens, yep. happens. But I guess there's sort of a method to the madness of yeah. with the fitting of the theme of keeping it casual mm-hmm. and keeping it short. Now, there is a poll out on Twitter. Go vote. At C Thomas Radio at 929 The Game. We're also getting a bunch of good suggestions, which I'll read in a little bit on the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line at 404 726 All right. So, so far, Eric has been the only dissenting voice. He said it depends on the situation, it depends on the woman, it depends on what her personality may be like, on okay. what you think she may be into. But at the same time, if the expectation for me is always. Lap of luxury, A, I can't afford it. I'm a, I'm a <laughs> yeah. sports radio so, producer, you know, making his way up to hopefully being a full-time host one day. But as right. of right now, we're not going to STK every weekend, yeah, yeah, sweetheart. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. not on – we're, we're balling on a budget sometimes, so we got to be aware of that. Yeah. Secondly, isn't that, like, just such a summation of dating culture in 2023 where performative was the perfect word for it? Everything's for the gram or mm-hmm. everything's to get a picture or everything's – you know, to say that I've been there, yes, done that, instead absolutely. of just actually enjoying the time yes. with another human being. That's an issue within Atlanta culture in general. It's You have uh, something that me and my friends discussed. We have Atlanta is the home of the flexor. It is everyone, like everyone comes here and they want to show off all the places. That's why every single place that you go to in Atlanta, there's hookah lounges and it's super dark and it's loud music because, oh, it looks cool and look yeah. at where I'm at and... I'm super important. I see it every day on my walk home on Peachtree Street. There's always at least one couple, and it's not always the stereotype. A lot of the times, it's the woman who's stopping (laughs) and taking a picture for her dude up against the new dog park on Peachtree Street or up against the cool murals that are out there. (laughs) So it goes both ways, ladies and gentlemen, and you are absolutely right. All right. 
So we'll see what happens. I'll report back next week, Dom, when we're both on the air together. But for now, let's get to a producer six-pack. Time for the producer six-pack on the other side of the glass. Six questions. Six questions. Six chances to produce greatness. On Sports Radio 92.9, the game. All righty. So, like you said, shift change has taken place. I am in the seat now, so I've got some questions for you. One, Chris, a.k.a. Turtle Thomas. My first question is kind of in line with some of the things that Mr. Slaughter actually asked you earlier. It is a more likely question. Which is more likely? However, I'm going to go a little different. More likely, the Atlanta Hawks finish with a top six seed in the Eastern Conference. Oh, boy. Or the Bulldogs miss the playoffs entirely. Uh, what is more likely? It is more likely that the Bulldogs miss the playoffs entirely than the Hawks get a six seed. Really? Yeah. You you are that down on the Hawks. They haven't done anything, Dom. <laughs> They've taken away yeah. John Collins. Yeah. <laughs> didn't replace his productivity and are rolling with the exact same team. Hey, we got Patty Mills to fill that Solomon Hill role. If I hear that one more time, <laughs> if if one more person <laughs> makes that comparison on this radio station, I am going to throw <laughs> something. Only one of these damn TVs works in here anyway, and I'm going to break the last TV. <laughs> the I'm going to throw the TV. remote at the damn TV in here. I'm so sick of that narrative. It is a load of crap, yes. and I am sorry. I am selling the Hawks so hard right now. I uh, Again, I'm a big see-it-to-believe-it guy. I hear the narratives. Working with Quinn Snyder, DJ, Trey, all in. They were terrible last year. Not just mediocre. Not just a step below where they were in 2021. They were a bad basketball team. And you cannot sell me on trading John Collins, not replacing him yet, and rolling out the same exact team as last season, minus his production, and tell me that they're going to be a better team. And better as in not just make the play-in round, but your question was a top-six seed. Yep, yep. No shot. That's that's exactly why I, I put it put the top-six uh, preface on there. Because I, I Now, if they go out and something happens and we wind <laughs> up with – Another player that could help it, fine. Mm -hmm. But right now, right now, where we're at right now, no shot. None. I am very, very concerned about this Hawks season. Very concerned. All right. Well, that's your daily Hawks talk. We probably won't talk about them again for a couple weeks. Please season. (laughs) All right. Next question. All right. So, obviously, there's been a lot of college football being played tonight. However... One Georgia team did play the other day. That is Georgia Tech. Yeah. Poor finish, obviously. However, I think there was... You're being nice. (laughs) Yes. Um, However, there was a lot of good before that fourth quarter. (laughs) Well, for not the third... Not the third quarter. For the first half. First half, yeah. Um, So my... I guess my thing for you was, what was your biggest takeaway from the Tech game, and what are you forecasting for this team? Uh, I'm really disappointed. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, there, I heard they were breaking this out on College Football Game Time, which you can check out every Saturday, 8 to noon right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Our buddies John Fricky, Abe Gordon, and Garrett Chapman lead a star-studded cast this season for College Football Talk right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Uh, and they were deciding this exact same thing. Is there enough good 
to take away from the first half that you could say there's some building blocks there? Or was the collapse brutal enough that it sort of wipes away everything positive that you saw? And unfortunately, I watched almost all of that game, and I side with the latter. That was bad. They had a tw- what was it a twelve point lead yeah. going in half, mm-hmm. and not only could they not protect the lead, they couldn't score. So it was from bad to worse. It wasn't just like they gave a lead and then made it into a shootout. It was uh, everything stopped yeah, working. Yeah, everything it was, in the second half. It just... was just a complete <laughs> and total sputter and stall, and that leads me to be concerned because Louisville's not exactly. Uh, you know, Georgia, when it comes to opponents that they yeah. would potentially face in a season. So, yeah, Lamar Jackson isn't in Louisville. No, <laughs> uh, and uh, so I'm worried. Uh, I think I think there'll be some more. There's some potential there, but I think we may see some more growing pains. All righty, next question. So I was actually in here yesterday and was able to catch the tail end of, uh, obviously, Dukes and Bell. And Fricky uh, said that he would start Strider. And he would be the the day one starter. No, as far he said as, Freed. Oh, Freed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Freed. Uh, and you kind of gave a bit of a much to your chagrin. You you disagreed with Fricky. I would like to know what do you feel the rotation should be come playoff time. Well, Freed, to his credit, and I will put my hand up and say that was great and definitely helps Fricky's argument. Yeah, he went out there and he shoved last night. He was phenomenal against their biggest competition in the Dodgers. And I think Spencer Strider has earned it this season, despite his ups and downs. Um, so I would go Strider, Freed, Morton, Elder. That's how I would. That's that's how you I don't sound confident. That's how in that I rotation. would because there's just been there's been so much up and down from so many of these guys. Like Charlie Morton's on an all time heater right now. But his next four starts could be like the yeah. four starts before that. <laughs> yeah. And the same thing with Elder. Elder had a really bad stretch for a while. He seemed to have turned it around. But um, that's why I, not to beat a dead horse, <laughs> that's why I wanted one more guy. That's why I wanted the Braves to go out there and just make one more move, safety net starting pitcher that could go out there, and it's not going to be Darius Vines, and it's not going to be A.J. smith Shaver, and it's not going to be Jared Schuster or Dylan Dodd, a guy that's been there done and done that. And that's why I wanted one more guy, because the four guys that we have have experienced the highest of highs and the lowest of lows this season, every single one of them. Not one guy has been consistently great from pillar to post, and that was my biggest concern. And it, when it comes to getting that monster contract – I need to see it again from Freed. Just stay healthy and be Max Freed. Get, then you get your bag. But if there's another injury or he falters, I'm not saying don't do it, but I'm saying think about it. Because it's not – when you – so I looked it up yesterday. He's only made 30-plus starts twice in yep. the last five years. Mm-hmm. That's really important. That's really important. All righty, all righty, all righty. Next question. Tricky. <laughs> All righty. Uh, we talked about him very briefly, obviously, with Colorado getting the win today. My question to you, Travis Hunter basically is the Shohei Otani of college football. Yeah. Is he the best player in the nation? Ooh. Uh, it depends on what your definition of best is. Is he the best because he can play multiple positions at an elite level? 
Or is Caleb Williams the best player in the country because he's the best quarterback in the country and that's the most important position? Um, Regardless of what the answer is, he was damn impressive. Again, as we joked about when you first came in, you're not playing him 110 snaps a game. (laughs) No. So I think his value will decrease in that regard a little bit just because you're going to have to manage him at some point. You cannot get – he's not going to make it through a full season doing that. That's just not how it works. I know it worked sometimes back in the day with guys like Deion Sanders, ironically enough, but that's just not the way the game is played at this point anymore. At at the Division I superstar level, like playing at a school like Colorado, if this was, you know, Division III – Montana State, maybe, <laughs> maybe, 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 you can maybe. Get away with that, yeah. But I just don't think so. So I'm going to say I'll still give the nod to Caleb Williams, but not taking anything away from what he did today. All right, let's run through these last two really quick. I don't want to eat into uh, Joe Patrick, who we got coming up next. Joe. All right, so I saw that Ronald Acuna was gifted a one of the bases uh, by the Braves uh, last night. My question to you: What's the weirdest gift you've ever received? Oh, this is funny. Uh, my high senior year high school girlfriend uh, was clearly not thrilled with me any longer and wanted to break up, and she tried to do show do so by I gave her a hundred plus dollar nice necklace for Valentine's uh-huh. Day, and she gave me a card with a lollipop in it. <laughs> and that's when I knew that relationship was coming that's, to an end. I, I give her credit for being funny. Like it's it's mean, but it is funny. You know what? You know what really was the worst part about that too? She was sick on Valentine's Day, so I drove all the way to her house <laughs> and like went up, like was taking care of her, gave her oh, a really wow. nice gift, and that was that was the gift in return. So you can see my successful dating career has gone all the way back to high school. So if there's if there's a reason why I'm at where I'm at, maybe the light's starting to be shown. Unfortunately. Yeah. To quote Chris Ballard, as we heard earlier, this sucks. That, yes, that sucks. That did suck. <laughs> All right, last question. Obviously, uh, I believe it was either last year or two years ago where it was Coach Prime had the video go viral where he was talking about play my theme music or whatever. Yes, sir. So my question to you, if you had it, what would be your theme music? Ooh, that's a really good question. Oof, I know we got to run. I'm trying to think of this real quick. Uh, hmm. I want to make the right choice, but I know <laughs> I know we're so short on time here. You know, no, no hard rock music gets me fired up more than Metallica, so I'm gonna say one. Master Puppets by Metallica. Great because answer. because that song gets me going every single time. By the way, dogs up seven nothing. Brock Bowers picking up where he left off. How about a rushing touchdown to start his season? Dogs up seven nothing. All right, when we get back, Falcon Sock, Joe Patrick next. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's a new age. It's a huge new development. Again, it's not rocket science. Back to more of The Other Side of the Glass. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Very nice touch there, Dom. Master of Puppets. Turtles new official theme song here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Man, Bulldogs looking good so far. I'm a little surprised it's only 7-0 with about a minute to go in the first quarter, but Brock Bowers picking up right where he left off, a rushing touchdown to start the Georgia Bulldogs scoring for this season. Let's talk some Falcons, though, as we head out to the WadeFord.com hotline. Welcome in our buddy Joe Patrick. Joe, how are you? Uh, Chris, I'm doing good. Today is like Christmas. It's, you know, everything you could want as a sports fan. You've got, obviously, some amazing college football today with it all kind of getting kicked off. And then you've got Eleni Knight still to come, Braves with a huge game against the Dodgers still to come tonight. This is the best. Uh, maybe the only thing that can make it better would be football on Sundays, but um, we'll get that next weekend. Yeah, and uh, a well-deserved day off from Falcons for you as well. All right, so yeah, let's let's start with, um, obviously, the initial 53-man roster comes out. They make some changes and tweaks, bring in a couple of the new guys, a couple of offensive linemen. Just give me your overall view of the guys that they kept, the guys that they let go of, and where things stand right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's kind of what we have been talking about for so long in this training camp where Arthur Smith said at the very beginning that it was going to be a difficult roster to make. And the reason what, because of that was because you have players that you sign in free agency for big money. Um, you have a more set uh, uh, team of guys that you know are going to be the core pieces for the Falcons this year, as opposed to the last couple of years where this team has been dealing with all kinds of cap troubles and trying to bring in guys on the cheap who can make it, maybe make an impact. And you have guys fighting for spots, but not so much the case here, but overall, you know, it's a big team. I think that's the, that's the overarching thing. It's not like we, that's something we didn't know, but um, it's just striking. Like this Falcons offense, especially when you just look at all the weapons, uh, it's funny. I remember a couple of years ago, uh, Arthur Smith uh, tongue-in-cheekly said, uh, "You know, don't call me like a heightist or like <laughs> like like I'm, I'm against short people." But um, even even Desmond Ritter said it in that scrimmage against Miami. He said uh, after he threw a touchdown pass to John Fitzpatrick, it was uh, you know they're too bleeping small, and uh, that's just I think the kind of the the attitude of this Falcons offense has, and the defense is just fully loaded with all this veteran talent that we hope is going to really help them kind of elevate and finally become one of the formidable defenses in the NFL this year, which I certainly think they had the potential to be. So there, there's really interesting things happening on both sides of the ball. Now, I didn't realize Parker Hesse had such a big fan club. Um, yeah. I know it was a little <laughs> bit of a shock that he didn't make the initial 53, but were you surprised yeah. by the overwhelming reaction there? Um, no, I wasn't, actually. The reason being is because he just he, – like, he played more snaps than anybody on the Falcons offense last year outside of the quarterbacks and offensive linemen. Like – it was just because he was so used, I think, is why um, people were so surprised to see him not make the initial 53. Having said that, in retrospect, I think you know, I think it was purely down to the fact that it was just a way for them to keep John Fitzpatrick, a, a guy who's a more has a lot more potential, a lot more upside as the 
your prototype tight end and you can get Parker Hesse back because the reason that he's on the field so much is just because he's basically like a sixth offensive lineman who knows the offense really well and has a very specific role, especially in Arthur Smith's offense, doing so much pre-snap motion uh, in the way that Arthur Smith like, and likes to actually use Parker Hesse to gain advantages in the running game. So I think that that's the main reason why, but I honestly wouldn't even be surprised if we actually see him suiting up against the play against the Panthers this weekend, because of what they can do with practice squad elevations. And I, I, I do think that he is still uh, seen as a relatively important player for Arthur Smith. I do think he's going to, uh, his offense is going to look different this year with the amount of pieces that they have. And they're going to be using more like, you know, high, high profile, like skill guys, which I don't think you'd qualify Parker Hesse as a, a skill guy, even though he technically is. Uh, but I think that, you know, he presents something that a lot of these other guys don't. So when it comes to the offensive line, they brought in a couple of guys, uh, Prince being the number one there, a guy that started in a Super Bowl at right tackle. I mm-hmm. mean, what do you make of that move there? Where could he fit in on this team? I think it's definitely a trial run. That's kind of how I, I, I would I would look at this right now. He was on that uh, Super Bowl team. Um, it was a Super Bowl, a Bengals Super Bowl team that kind of had a notoriously bad offensive line that got them there. Joe Burrow was getting hit all the time, and I think Isaiah Prince was was one of the reasons why, perhaps, um, that they struggled so much in that area. But you know, he has a lot of things going for him. He's got basically the ideal size that you want out of a tackle, and he has experience playing on both sides when you go back to his history in college at Ohio State. So, you know, he's got a lot of things going for him, but he's basically going to have to do at least one thing well. He's either got to be able to protect the passer or he's got to be able to run run block in the, the, this wide zone scheme that the Falcons love to run. And specifically the run blocking, I think, is going to be more important considering that his job will probably be, like, as a swing tackle where he'll be on the field with the other tackles as well and some jumbo packages. So I think it's going to be a trial run. We'll see if it works out, but I think that there's, there's a lot of potential with this kind of player. Talking all things Falcons with our buddy Joe Patrick here on sports radio, 92, nine, the game. All right. The quarterback room, they decide to keep all three. What'd you make of that? Yeah, I actually was not surprised with that either. I know it was a, a bit of a kind of controversy, some of the debating, you know, talking point that we were discussing in the lead up to the, to the roster reveal, but I always just felt like Arthur Smith, the way he talked about Logan Woodside throughout training camp, it was about as flowery as uh, as Arthur will get about a player, especially a reserve player who doesn't have a ton of experience in the league. But I just thought that he did things so well. And, you know, some of the things that really stand out to you throughout the training camp when you're looking at a quarterback is, is, is can he just run the offense? And I, when you would, when you, invest so much time and effort in training camp into getting a quarterback to where Logan, Logan Woodside is, it would be like, it, it would feel brutal to then expose him to waivers and see him get picked up. And you would have to basically restart that process all over with somebody else and somebody who doesn't have as much experience in Arthur Smith's offense as Logan Woodside does going back to when he, he was in Tennessee. So I think for that reason, you saw the Falcons really value him, but also on the field, you know, in in training camp, you would see him like really um, demanding things out of his receivers on the field. There was one particular incident where Penny Hart kind of you know celebrated after a play where they were running some two minute offense, and they actually ran out of time. And Logan Woodside really got into him. But then after practice, Logan Woodside took responsibility and said it was on him, and it, it was they just weren't able to execute. So I think those are the kinds of things that Arthur Smith likes to see in his quarterback. And then obviously just knowing knowing the system and being ready to play if he, you know, knock on wood is ever needed when the other two guys get hurt. I was a little surprised they didn't keep one more true running back on the roster. Did that surprise you as well? 
Yeah, it did, actually. Uh, I actually had Godwin Igwebike uh, making my roster on my projected 53. Um, so I was, I was a little bit surprised. I, I do wonder if, you know, it doesn't look like, you know, they haven't put anybody on IR yet. Now there's still time going into next week, but um, we'll see if, if they do play someone on IR. That player will be out for four weeks minimum, but then they would be able to add somebody else to the roster. And so we'll see. You, you would be shocked if Godwin Iquibike does not take a carry for the Falcons this year. I mean, it was kind of a similar thing. There's always a running back on that practice squad, like Caleb Huntley was last year, who was going to get elevated at some point because the position is brutal. And, you know, the Falcons, if we're Patterson missing time last year, he's an older player. That could very well happen again this year, and I'm sure the Falcons will be very careful with him uh, when they can. And so I would still expect him to make the roster, but I'm with you. I'm just a little bit surprised they didn't kind of want to beef up that the numbers in that position, especially considering you think the Falcons are going to be, you know, really using using their backs quite a bit in Arthur Smith's offense. So you mentioned the tight end room a little bit earlier. I want to ask you about that because I've heard some things, some rumblings and rumors about guys like Jonu Smith and Michael Pruitt potentially playing a little bit more of an H-back type role. I didn't realize that was part of those guys' repertoire. Is that something you foresee happening? You know, so that's exactly why I think that this team still values Parker Hesse. Not to take the conversation back, and I'll, I'll steer it back, but, I, you know, Parker, Parker Hesse, like, to me, that's an H-back. Like, that, that's a back who you're using, you're kind of moving him around pre-snap, and he's re- really doing a lot of blocking. And to me, I think that those other two players are going to be, maybe they will be used. It'll be interesting to see if Arthur Smith kind of is able to make that H-back position that Parker Hesse played last year, if he'll be able to do some different things with that role and make them a more dynamic pass catcher because – Certainly, you know, John o. Smith is, is a dynamic athlete. Uh, Michael Pruitt showed that he's got a great rep- uh, you know, rapport with Desmond Ritter and can do some things, um, both catching the ball in the red zone and then also running after the catch. And so you would think that you would want to get those players in some more advantageous positions than, you know, what Parker Hesse was really in last year, which was a lot of checkdowns and things like that when he was even going out in routes. So I think there will be probably some variation, some, some evolution to this offense and that position really might be one to look at because you do get the feeling that the Falcons are still going to want to remain in a lot of 12 personnel with two tight ends on the field. So it will be either John Smith or Michael Pruitt out there alongside Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I just find that fascinating. It was Those are two players who, obviously, Michael came here last year and burst onto the scene, and Jonu Smith has been in the league for a while, and I just don't recall either of those mm-hmm. players really serving that type of role on the offense. They were always more traditional tight ends, line up either right. you know next to the tackle or even line them up out wide. And, Get them uh, vertical, yeah. Yeah, it was just interesting to hear that theory being floated out. All right, so next, so next week – Even if we chat on Saturday, I do want to ask you this now because it is something that I think every Falcon fan is just chomping at the bit to know. In your best projection, what type of game plan are we looking at for Carolina, for Desmond Ritter, and the offense? For the offense, I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be more impressive than what people are thinking actually in their mind. I've heard it kind of floated that the team is going to – um, just, you know, continue to do what they did last year, run the ball. Obviously, you've got a really strong room there. You've basically got the same running back room last year. That was one of the best running offenses in football because you added B. John Robinson and one of the most talented players in that position in the NFL, even as a rookie. Um, but, you know, something that has, I, I can't stop thinking about, Chris, is something that Arthur Smith said when, when some, a reporter uh, earlier in training camp mentioned that the team actually led the NFL 
in passing attempts the year before last year with Matt Ryan, when you were still that, when that was the strength of your team and you were throwing it around. And Arthur Smith said that was a good question, and he's one of the he's one of the first media members he's heard that's brought up that fact uh, because the team really seemed to you know fall into such an identity, which was successful for them last year with the running on the ground. But just the way he answered that question makes me think that he maybe has a little bit more something up his sleeve that he that he's going to want to really try to uh, – I, I think he teams will basically game plan against the Falcons if they are going to be as run-heavy as they were last year. I think that Arthur Smith thinks that he can find some advantages if the team catches those opponents out and, and is not and is, is more dynamic uh, with the ball. And I would also say that I think Desmond Ritter, as for as much questions as there are about what he's going to be able to do for this team – you look at you know at what Marcus Mariota did this preseason. It get, you get the feeling that he may have been the worst starting quarterback in the NFL last year. And I think that people are really underrating Desmond Ritter what he can do with these weapons offensively compared to what this team was doing last year, just because they haven't seen it yet. So I'm still personally very optimistic, and I think that this offense is going to be really interesting and one of the more fun ones to watch in the NFL. Yeah, that one series we got, Joe. He looked pretty good, but it was one series. All right, my friend. And thank you as always. Enjoy the college football, the baseball, and the soccer tonight. Thank you, Chris. I will do that. All right, Joe Patrick for his weekly visit here on the other side of the glass. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Braves fans, don't go anywhere. Michael J. Duarte joining us next from L.A. to break down all things Braves and Dodgers. Are the Braves going to sweep this thing? It's possible. Don't go anywhere. Sports Radio, 929 The Game, Odyssey app. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.